When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's NHL Draft Week, but I like to call it NHL Convention Week. With general managers gathering from across North America for the two-day event this year in Vancouver, as well as at the NHL Awards in Las Vegas. Not that they've waited to see their colleagues in person to make a whole lot of signings ahead of free agency, which is due to start July 1st, and make a few trades beforehand. I'm host Craig Ellingson. This is the Oil Spills Podcast for Wednesday, June 19th, 2019. I'm joined by Hockey Hall of Fame writer Jim Matheson to talk about the trade market for Edmonton Oilers GM Ken Holland and what fans might see the Oilers do with their six picks in the draft, particularly their eighth overall selection. So, the salary cap. It's not going to go as high as they thought it would go. It's 79 now, and teams are thinking it was going to go to 83, and it might only be 82. So if you're planning to get right to the cap then suddenly you've got a million dollars less to spend and you've got you know you've maybe targeted certain people and here's what you thought you might have to pay to get them but now if it's a million less uh, the orders have you know they're in a situation where um, they have some players who's you know unrestricted free agents they have to sign you know, like if they want to keep Pugliarvi, then they have to give him a minor raise. If they want to keep Kara, they have to give him a minor raise. Uh, you know, trying to get rid of Lucic, which seems like a foregone conclusion, but how much money do you take back in the deal? Uh, and they need a backup goaltender. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Ken Holland's already said that. i got to get a backup goaltender. Uh, and how much do you spend for a backup goaltender when you're already paying the starter $4.5 million? You know, if you're thinking two to two and a half million for a backup goaltender, may as well just see if you can re-sign Cam Talbot. You know, see if Cam will swallow his pride and dig in here rather than go out and get somebody who's Brian Elliott or James Reimer if you trade for him or anybody else out there. You may as well maybe just stick with Cam Talbot. But yeah, it's all it makes it more difficult for the for the general managers for sure when you're thinking here's what the cap is and now it, it it's not as high as you thought it would be yeah it'll be a ripple effect of course all the teams are expecting it to be this much but you know a million dollars i mean it doesn't seem like very much that's one player that say that's a player 
a you wanted a fourth line player and you like the guy and now all of a sudden you have a million less to spend I mean, you, you know whether you're that million dollars you know whether that is uh Noel Achari who's played in the fourth line in Boston and is maybe you can't go and get him um you know, whether it's Brandon Tanev, who's an unrestricted free agent this year, and a player I like, fast and aggressive, plays in Winnipeg. And here's what you thought you might be able to spend to try to sign him, but you got a million less than that now. So I don't know. Most teams get rid of players, make trades at the deadline, at the at the draft. Now teams seem to be jumping in before even that. With Winnipeg trading Truba, you know, and uh, San Jose trading uh, Justin Braun, uh, even before the draft. Uh, it's almost like they said, hey, we're not even waiting then. We're getting rid of these these players now. Well, and, you know, teams signing uh, players who are going to be, or due to be unrestricted free agents in, on July 1. I mean, with uh, Skinner Winnipeg, and, and, and... Yeah, Skinner. And then, you know, Winnipeg's got Tyler Myers. Maybe they don't even let him get to unrestricted free agency on mm-hmm. July 1. Never, 1. Mind Eric, never mind Eric Carlson. Yeah, Eric Carlson. You know, if Winnipeg's trading... Uh, Truba and getting that first round draft choice back they got for Kevin Hayes they still need defensemen uh, and, and it's what's happening is the teams are trading for defensemen now realizing how important defensemen are you can't do it with you know you, you, you might think you got a good team but if you don't have four good defensemen you're not going very deep and I think that was proven uh, certainly with St. Louis winning the Stanley Cup with with Bo Meester and Pareko and and Petrangelo, and then you know they had Gunnarsson in there as well and stuff. You need four good defensemen, of which the Oilers' defense is certainly in flux. I think they 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 know for a fact they've got two, Clefbaum and Nurse, and then Larson didn't have a very good year last year, so there's a question mark there. Uh, Chris Russell probably makes too much money to be a third pairing defenseman. Sekera. Andre Sekera makes five and a half million dollars as he a top four defenseman. So there's a lot of balls in play there. And while the others say they've got all these young defensemen coming, uh, they're not ready to play in the NHL yet. You know, when it comes to uh, what's happening with potential free agents signing early here, I mean, even Jordan Eberle signed a contract with the Islanders. Five and a half, he was making six. So he took a $500,000. I wish I could take a $500,000 haircut. <laughs> But I mean, you know, it, more and more, does it look like the trademark is, is where, you know, teams are going to have to go, and particularly the Oilers, in order to improve their team for next year? I think, you, I think that's the way you should always go. Make an actual trade. I, I, think it's, I think you roll a dice when you go out and sign free agents, somebody else's free agents. You're always counting on, you watch them play and you say, oh, they'll be good on my team. Not necessarily. I think you should try to sign your own free agents before any, anybody else, and you should make a trade, a hockey trade. Uh, I'll buy it. There's not a lot of hockey trades now because the dollars are so important, but if you can trade a, a winger for a defenseman uh, who's making about the same money or vice versa, that's the way you should go. And trying to sign free agents is, is, doesn't work all that well. There have been plenty of talk about trades and potential trades we do still have a draft that's, I know it's a big convention and of course movements and deals happen leading up to the draft and on the draft floor. But of course, you know, the owners have six picks in the, in the draft this season. They have their first round pick eighth overall. 
you know, a second and third round pick, no, no fourth round pick, but they have five, six, and seven. I think they'd like to get, retrieve the, the third round pick they gave up for Alec Petrovich since Alex didn't play very much for him. I think they'd like to get retrieve that uh, if, if at all possible. And uh, I had a friend of mine say, if the owners need a backup goaltender, they should trade Brandon Man- Manning, dump that Manning contract on Florida for James Reimer. And the third round pick they gave up for Alex Petrovich and the third round pick sweetener would be because Reimer has another year in his contract after this upcoming season. So I, teams want draft picks. If they can get draft picks, they're, they're taking them. And uh, that's why Winnipeg, Truba is by far, well, like he's one of the 20 best right shot defensemen in the whole league. And they got, they just wanted that first round draft choice back. And they got it, you know, the Kevin Hayes trade at the deadline, they got it back. And, you know, it's that doesn't look very equitable on, on the surface because the first-round draft cho- choice now at number 20 is going to take several years and it's not going to be Jake Tuba, I don't imagine. But Winnipeg is the one team, one of the few teams in the league, along with Vegas, that is really up against it in terms of the cap. So when it comes to the Oilers and the draft this year, I mean, obviously we have no clue, you know, who's going to be available when, whether you're pit, whether it's the eighth pick or the 193rd pick in the seventh round. But, you know, there's obviously going to be some good players, potentially good players available when the orders get around to picking at eight, um, all depending on, you know, clearly what the teams ahead of them think of the other players. I mean, one name that has come up a lot recently is Kirby Dock, a local kid. Fort Saskatchewan played with the Phantom AAA rate. Rangers um, is with the Saskatoon Blades currently in the Western Hockey League, a centerman in the mold of Ryan Getzlaff, apparently. Um, there's him, but there's a bunch of others too. You know, and and the orders in, in terms of their organizational needs, we all know they need forwards. Um, not, so, not defensemen, not as much. However, there is a player that could be available around the eighth spot who is uh, being looked at, Philip Broberg. Swedish defenseman. If he's available still at eights, do the orders just take him because he's probably going to be the best player available? It's a, it's a every time all the drafts I've ever covered, they all say the same thing: we're taking the best player available. Well, twenty sixteen <clears throat> happened. You know, was that Neil Yakupov the best player available? He was the best forward available? Was he the best player available? I don't think so, but that's who they took. Uh they don't need more young defensemen, really. They have Bouchard and Sam Marukov on the minor league team. They have Ethan Bear and they have Caleb Jones. Now, Caleb Jones might graduate to play for the Orders next season, but they also have Joel Person from Sweden, who's got a one-way contract. He's coming in to be one of their seventh defensemen, you would think. They don't want to pay $1 million to a defenseman to play in Bakersfield. But Broberg is Broberg, and I, you know, there's a lot of division. But among scouts, they think you'd be crazy to pick him in the top ten because he's pretty raw, but he's a great skater, and he seems to be able to skate his way out of trouble. And he was outstanding in the Halenka and very good in the World Under 18 Championship. So if he's there, I wouldn't be surprised if the others took him. But the other forwards who could be there other than Doc, I think in their heart of hearts, if Doc is there, they, they would take Doc. But there's a there's a segment of people feel that if 
uh, Byram from from Vancouver Giants, the best defenseman, isn't picked by Chicago at three. L.A. will take Byram because Dowdy, you know, is getting up there in years in terms, and they would want another defenseman. But if he's gone, they like Doc at number five, so he might not be there, which would leave uh, two U.S. development players. Uh, Trevor Zegras is a really good playmaking center, excellent playmaking center. Or uh, Matthew Boldy, who some scouts say kind of reminds him of uh, Rantanen, who plays in Colorado. Uh, and Dylan Cousins, who plays in Lethbridge, who's from Whitehorse. I guess it's sort of in our... Does the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun get up to Whitehorse? Does that, can you go to the corner store there and get those papers? Maybe not. But he's a center who plays in Lethbridge, but but will be a winger in the NHL probably. So, it, you know, it would be Doc, Zegras, Boldy, Broberg, or um, Dylan Cousins. And we really narrowed it down to one of five guys. But when you're picking eighth, you never really know exactly uh, who they're going to take. And it's not unlike last year where really when the orders were taken, they wanted to Evan Bouchard or Noah Dobson at that, you know, they're picking ninth and they opted to take Bouchard over Dobson and the Islanders took Dobson. So it's a little more up in the air this year. And I think it's all over the map with every team seems to have different players that, you know, in the top 12 that they like and, and not everybody likes the same players. Whatever they pick, whoever they pick, that player's not playing in the Oilers next year. If it's a U.S. development team player, he's going to college next year and somewhere in the States to play for a couple of years before they see him. And if it's Doc or Cousins, they're going back to play junior. And I can't help but think, I mean, there's no way to know what's going to be available when their pick comes along. But like what you've just been saying and what we said, I mean, they do have a lot of young prospects on defense in the system. And, you know, I guess a good player is a good player and their currency, I mean, you know, obviously that's a position of strength that you can use to improve in your other areas. And of course, forward is the area that needs the improvement. Um, so I guess we'll wait and see. It's, it's not to say that trades have to be made at the draft, but obviously we're, we're waiting and, and waiting to see what Ken Holland is going to do because we haven't had. I mean, it's, he could, it's, it's he pretty could trade. Early. He could trade back if a team behind him really wants the player. Mm-hmm. You know, really wants a player at eight, and they don't think that player is going to be there, say at eleven. He could move back a couple of spots, but then that would still. And then if they throw the Oilers, say a, a young prospect to do that, or a, another second round draft choice. If but then the Oilers would have to, in their own heart of hearts, know that moving back three spots, the player they kind of like would still be there so it's the draft starts i think is last week we said the same thing the draft starts at three you know where chicago's picking and uh i i think if chicago picked byram the defenseman from the vancouver giants then it's going to be a run of forwards after that if they don't pick byram they pick a forward uh alfie turcott's boy perhaps uh at three then Teams are wondering, okay, should we take a defenseman? And then it throws things up all out of whack.
Like what you heard today? Get more of the Edmonton Journals and the Edmonton Sun's award-winning journalism complimentary for 30 days at edmontonjournal.com slash podcast or edmontonsun.com slash podcast or both. Why not? Okay, I'll play devil's advocate a bit because we're going to talk about free agency and and the trade, you know, the trade market and whatnot next week, you know, following the draft, and we'll wait and see what Ken Holland does or does not do. But devil's advocate, the orders don't uh, dispatch some major pieces that have been talked about a lot lately, like Milan Lucic or Yossi Pugliarvi. Let's say they're still on the team following after the draft has come and gone. And clearly, the owners need a backup goaltender. That's one one principal piece they're going to target in free agency. We've already talked a bit about that. What else do you think the owners would be bringing in? Well, they need bottom six forwards, uh, but not making a lot of money. Bottom six forwards making about a million dollars. But it might be difficult to get one of those in free agency, you know, because you know, everybody's trying to get, you know, those sort of players in free agency and somehow, you know, those sort of players, if you're young, you end up paying $2 million for them. Uh, I, I think the best unrestricted role-playing forward is Brandon Tanev, plays in Winnipeg, third-line player, plays with lots of energy. He's got a good edge to him. He's a 15, say, goal scorer. Uh, but... He's he might be three million dollars a year. I think the market for unrestricted free agent forwards now who are any good was set by Derek Ryan last year when Calgary gave him three years at three million, and he's ostensibly a third to fourth line center. So if you're going to try to get Brandon Tanev, you got to pay three million dollars. Do the owners have three million dollars for for him to be your third line winger? Uh, they'd have to get rid of somebody else, I think. Kyle Brodziak's contract, I guess, is in play in terms of a buyout. He makes a million dollars for another year, and if they don't see him playing on their team, do you want to bury him in the in the minors? I think he still has usefulness, but I think Kyle, in his own heart of hearts, knows he didn't play very well last year. Uh, you can live with the fact that Kyle doesn't get a lot of goals, but I think they were expecting a, a, a center who would win like 55% of his face-offs at least and be a right shot guy they could put out there all the time. He's still a good penalty killer, but the games got real fast. And it would be unfortunate if, if you know, they didn't see a spot for him and he fell a few games short of a thousand, which considering he was a seventh round draft choice, that's amazing. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I mean, I under I think the orders have have tried to trade Jujar Kara. I think I don't know if the ship sailed, but I think he didn't seize it last year. The opportunity to be a top nine forward and get three goals, uh, so he might get traded. But the elephant in the room, of course, is Lucic, Milan Lucic. And do they just swap out an apple and bring back an orange? You know, I mean, obviously they would probably jump as high as you can, you know, like that Toyota commercial if they could get James Neal for Milan Lucci's because I think James Neal still has, could be resuscitated as a goal scorer. But I, I just don't see Calgary taking Milan Lucci's. Uh, 
Vancouver is the one team that wants Milan Lucic, but I would not take back Louis Erickson. You know, he's a nice guy. He's 34 years old. I think he scored 11 goals last year. He's a good penalty killer, but he's $6 million. So you're just swapping out six for six and you're losing three years. One guy's 31, the other guy's 34. You're gaining one year on the, on the, his, his long-term contract because Erickson has two years left and Milan has three. Um, but I, I, I just don't, I just don't see that deal as being palatable. Yeah, it's three and four. Three and four, yeah. sorry, not two and three, three and yeah. four. I guess I was counting the buyout years. <laughs> ah, got it. Yeah, we talked about that last week. I mean, you're really, you know, Louis Erickson for Milan Lucic deal. I mean, you're looking at the next two years you're going to have, like if that deal was to go through, you have Louis Erickson on the Oilers roster for the next two years and you're going to have to live with that. Yeah, and why is Louis Erickson better than Milan Lucic? I, Milan Lucic, for all the stuff that Milan has gone through, he's still way outscored in terms of points Louis Erickson in the last three years. It's not even close. And he's scored more goals. And we all know that Milan hasn't been able to score goals. He's still scored more goals than Louis Erickson. You know, of course, now we're talking about it, and probably on June twenty eighth, they'll trade Milan Lucic for Louis Erickson. Who knows? I, I just don't, I don't like it. Ken Holland's a lot smarter than I am, so if he thinks it's going to work, great. But I don't see it. I'll bring it up because I should have brought it up earlier. But you know, the Nikita Zaitsev rumor from the Maple Leafs—it makes zero sense. I mean, that's probably just something being. You know, blown up well, if he by didn't have Toronto so media. Much, if he didn't have so much time left on his contract, yeah, as he's Chris four Russell, half, yeah, basically. at four and a half million dollars a year, he gives you no offense. They need, to be honest, they need a Shane Gostas Bear or somebody like that who played in Philadelphia and has got warts, but is an offensive defenseman, making good money. You can put up with the fact that as long as you have some defensive defenseman, that he's an offensive defenseman, um, more so than... I, it's like, I shouldn't say this, but it's like if you're in Toronto, you're a way better player than anybody else. Oh, everybody will want this guy. Everybody will want that guy. The one guy in Toronto who could still end up on Edmonton is you know, Connor Brown. They tried to trade for him at the draft. He makes $2 million for one more year. You would have to trade a player who's making about the same amount of money, but Connor Brown is, you know, is a friend of Connor McDavid's from Erie and Juniors, and I guess at two million dollars a year, he could play in your third line. So, I mean, I, I think that's the one deal that's a possible, and you know, to even out the dollars, that would be Matt Benning for Connor Brown. Um, and I'm a Matt Benning fan. I think Matt Benning takes far too many hits. You know, he's a good third-pairing NHL defenseman who doesn't make a lot of money. He plays the point in the second power bait, gets the shots through to the net. Uh, I think he's better than people give him credit for. I think he you know, came right out of college, made the NHL, and I think people thought he might be a top-four defenseman, but he's not. He's a third-pairing defenseman. But so what? There's lots of teams need... Third pairing defenseman. 
who can still play. Yeah, and, and you know, we brought him up briefly, but, you know, Nick Ehlers, I, I mean, of course I'd like to see the Oilers try to acquire him because he could be at that winger that plays on the top line alongside McDavid. I mean, I'd much rather take Nick Ehlers at $6 million than Louis Erickson at $6 million. Yeah, but Lucic isn't going back the other way. No, no, but I mean, if you're talking about bringing in a player who makes $6 million, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah I, what that deal looks like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, obviously, you have to get rid of some salaries. Somehow. I think Winnipeg didn't want to, doesn't want to trade Nick Ehlers, but I think there's a feeling in their in their mind that they may have to wait most of the summer to see what Mitch Marner gets before Patrick Laine and Cal Connor sign. It's like a waiting game to see what they get before you jump in and and sign. So it might be closer to August before they know how much it's going to cost them for Laine and and Connor and the, and if Marner signs for 11 and a half million or something then the other two guys come in and say well we're not taking 7 million we're taking 8 8 plus and then, then you've got to get rid of Ehlers and maybe they got to get rid of Ehlers sooner rather than later you think Marner's worth that in this market the 11 and a half absolutely absolutely He's every bit as good right now as as Austin Matthews. Why would you take a cent more than Austin Matthews? You might take one year less than Austin Matthews, but but Austin Matthews, I shouldn't say that because Austin Matthews only signed for five years. But I wouldn't take a whole lot less than Austin Matthews. You outscored him. I wouldn't. That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. Subscribe to Oil Spills on iTunes and Google Play. You can also listen to it via the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun apps and websites. Mm-hmm.